welcome back to It Was Murder, <laughs> the number one heart-to-heart podcast in the world for our capsule season, Heart Girl Summer. Heart Girl Summer. Whoa. Air horns. <laughs> Jesus. But it's more than just a terrible pun. <laughs> it is. Now it is. It is. Oh, but I'm your diehard romantic, Eric Blood. Oh, and I'm your devoted lover, Ellen Ito. And I'm the virgin bronzer, Joe Garber. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) And Heart Girl Summer. You may be asking, is this what you were talking about in the recap? Or you may be like, what's a recap? And uh, I'm here to tell you that it's not what we were talking about in the recap. (laughs) (laughs) We we decided, uh, because of the clever name and because of our love of the Heart Girls, Mm -hmm. this whole season is about... The girls of heart to heart, our favorite ladies, be they villains, be they heroes, be they side characters, anyone. Be they pushed into a pool in a wheelchair. Pushed into a pool. She's she's in Uh, wearing some walking papers outfit and shooting at a guy in a fencing outfit. Yeah, she's in. Thrown into a vat of acid. (laughs) Rolls is in. (laughs) Um, Every girl is up for grabs. (laughs) And of course, we're starting with the quintessential heart girl. Jennifer Hart mm-hmm. in the episode Hit Jennifer Hart. Episode two, right? Episode Season one, episode Season one, episode two, two or episode ish, one if, if you, you want to be pilot. a nerd about pilots. Right. I have an IV dripping rum in my <laughs> right now. Summer. It's daytime, everybody. I'm in a wading pool of pina koalas. Wow. <laughs> I'm very sticky, but it's great. I'm posing as a longshoreman. Uh what foreshadowing and we've decided that we've made a group decision to bring the wheel back yes <laughs> we are summer. we are making the decision it is now on the recording so it can't be undone we, we've talked about it and for not 45 minutes <laughs> it's so, such a complicated relationship the wheel but we basically it's summertime easy breezy we don't have to rack our brains for links as hard as we did for for a chain reaction correct where there's we can no just, whammies do you guys have new fancy mics? We do. Mm-hmm. We do. Uh, yes. we oh. were, these were these were donated to the cause. Gifted <laughs> by a friend of the pod. Josh. New mics and new stands. So you don't have to listen to us picking up and putting down drinks anymore. Mm-hmm. We still are. <laughs> oh. Don't worry. But thank you. I guess you. no one told me that it was new mic season. <laughs> yeah. It's new mic season. Do you need- new, mic, new mic summer. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. My laugh will still seem much louder than Eric's and very pitchy. <laughs> pitchy? What? Yes. Yeah, dog. You're that is oh, pitchy, no, it dog. Looks cool. you, look, you look really, you look, I know. I'm just trying to, whatever. You you look really profesh. Yeah. They feel professional. We are super I have to say that because people can't see you. We've been doing so. this for 17 years. This is, of course, yeah, yeah. very professional. I mean, we it did that one. Feels like 30. Edge of the river for 30 years. <laughs> Edge of the River? Edge of the River's River. River's Edge. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a 30-year podcast. Episode. Edge of River's the River. Edge is worth it. We've only edge scratched the, the surface and I still don't even River's know the title. Edge, in my opinion. This is true. <laughs> just, it's just begun. We can go deeper. It's only so get just ready, begun. Joe. Yeah. Well, speaking of beginning, we're our okay. first episode <laughs> of Heart Girl Summer, we return to the first <laughs> legit episode of Heart to Heart. Yeah. Hit Jennifer Hart. Not the pilot. Not the pilot. Not the hundreds-year-old pilot. No. <laughs> uh, and we're keeping oh with God. the tradition of the Minute Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Joe. Yeah. Oh. Do it. I start. <laughs> wow. Kicking it, us off. Let me open my timer. Uh, all right. Hit 
Jennifer Hart. Let me think about it for one second. Okay. Jonathan is posing as a longshoreman at Hart Shipping, and he beats the <laughs> shit out of one of the people that works for him, and he uncovers a conspiracy ring of corrupt bullshit people that suck. And so they they find out that he uncovers part of what they're doing, the conspiracy, and so they hire a guy who owns a pet shop to hire another guy to kill his wife, Jennifer, as a warning to not uncover any more of this conspiracy. <laughs> so the guy poses as Jennifer's long-lost second cousin who she doesn't even recognize at all, and so he's like, oh, I'm a sad writer, and she's like, stay with me and write, finish your book, and then he puts explosion juice in the oven, and it blows up but doesn't kill her, and he's so shocked to see her that that seems like it would be a pretty big uh, clue that he did it. But then she's like, let's go walk along a cliffside, and then she falls off but he saves her because she turned his heart around to love her and then but so the pet shop guy's like well i'll do it myself and drives a pool van out to the pool and starts shooting at her wildly and then drives away and jonathan hugs him and then they crash and then they don't give a shit about the ringleader of the entire conspiracy they just killed the men of pension that was the end bye <laughs> really well done wow watching it a second time i feel like it's pretty helpful it's you <laughs> really i mean understand. that was like a really concise and and detailed minute max i'm very impressed and now for something completely different <laughs> i feel like that was the best minute max i've ever done it might have been joe your minute maxes are excellent this is true thank you and now for something completely different <laughs> okay hit jennifer hart or as i now think of it why is that man's smock so menacing <laughs> okay hit jennifer hart so Jonathan's posing as a longshoreman and the things that they're unloading are giant crates of, I'm not sure what, it's a lot of different shaped crates. And then it turns out that when you throw a space hammer at it and then you get in a fight <laughs> with the boss that you've really offensively referred to as Massa, like all hell oh. breaks loose. And then a bunch of fish pour out and I can't tell if they're real. And then Jonathan and that man grab the fish in armfuls and throw it at each other as if they are lovers playing in the snow. <laughs> and then um, the guy who... Jonathan has outed as undercover millionaire or whatever undercover boss. He's like, you're out of here. And that guy's like, Oh, I'm going to tell on you. And then a, a very elaborate yet sort of confusing and maybe half-assed assassination plot ensues, but it's Craig Watson. <laughs> but the smock man is the pet shop guy. And it's just so horrible. He's so scary. I forgot how scary he was, but mm. anyways, they try to kill Jennifer a bunch of times. And then there's like some handsome time cooking. And then, um, actually Joe, the one guy goes to jail. Like they say that they're going to be up for all these, oh. uh, racketeering charges or something. The oh, end. Okay. That's, I caught that at the very, it's in the I recap. Did, I did not they're catch they're that. like debrief at the end. And they're bed. like, Oh, he's in jail. Bye. <laughs> it was like really, really quick. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It's just like, put it at the end. Yeah. The efficiency Bow on it. I was looking for that line too. I was like, what about the main guy? But <laughs> I guess they got him. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. He, ha he's going to pay. All right. <clears throat> Heart Girl Summer presents. <laughs> <laughs> hit jennifer hart again um yes undercover boss uh he, he messes with a whole corruption ring on docks and he proudly tells jennifer about this and while he does that a guy goes to a pet store and talks to the creepiest pet store owner facing <laughs> different fish tanks <laughs> so good so that there there's some so that i guess no one can see them talking to each other um but then they turn around and, and look at each other in the eye and go i have just the person <laughs> to kill this woman and it's greg watson who shows up at a writer's retreat 
where a guy is reading terrible poetry uh, and he uh, endures him in, endears himself to Jennifer Hart as his, as her second cousin once removed. Uh, she invites <laughs> him back to their house. He puts explosion juice in the oven as we all know, blah, blah, blah. Jonathan is immediately <laughs> suspicious and he just is needling him constantly to get him uh, to confess that he's not who he says he is uh, culminating in going to a pawn shop and looking at a gun from a sexy blonde. Uh, wow. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, yeah, I want us to acknowledge that when Jonathan gets in that fight and everybody's like, huh, and then the bad supervisor ends up in the ocean and then mm-hmm. Jonathan goes over to the cigar chomping cartoon boss and is like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm in charge of whatever heart this and that. And he's like, well, fuck you, dude. I am Jonathan Hart, so... <laughs> bite me and then that guy's like oh uh, uh, and john is like uh get your crooked fat fired <laughs> butt out of my limousine yes i love that line <laughs> i don't think i caught that the first time we watched this episode and i love it <laughs> there was a that whole doc scene is some like that's some writing there's a lot <laughs> yeah there's a lot of writing going on in that scene and what is it, up it with gives that hammer? prison riot it does give yeah. prison riot. But the, yeah. The, <laughs> or, or chain gang. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely serving cool hand Luke. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fish hand Luke. And that Please hammer. Space hammer. Don't hurt him. <laughs> that weird square, just rectangle of a hammer. <laughs> I know. To, it's is, clearly made. We talked about this last time. Yeah. It's clearly made of an outer space alloy. Uh-huh. And the shape is also not meant for earth minerals no <laughs> yeah definitely not is it it's yeah. is it built to open crates or <laughs> or close you know, use a crowbar crates? for that As someone that that opens crates that's this no. is true and well, also never, i've never opened them in outer space though there you go maybe it's specifically uh, designed for crates that are just loose fish inside <laughs> with nothing <laughs> containing them except the wood of the crate. I hope really they're fake silvery fish. kind yeah. of pointy fish I, yeah. hope that, I really do hope that it's like heart industries uh novelty <laughs> Division, yeah. novelty it's fish, like joke fish for it's just for like magicians. a huge tanker ship of joke fish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I oh mean the God. only way that fight, that one part of the fight, could be better when they're like throwing armloads of silvery fish at each other is if they then started pulling each other's hair and just slapping wildly. Uh. <laughs> I know we talked uh, about so we were we had our uh, law emoji is that what yes <laughs> we had this new All segment right. that we were gonna utilize a bunch in the coming episodes <laughs> and, and never never <laughs> again talk to her <laughs> but <laughs> she I asked her like what would happen if a CEO posed as one of their workers and then beat the shit out of somebody <laughs> and she was basically like they would never work again and they would be <laughs> stripped they would go to jail probably or, yeah but. It's so shocking still that Jonathan starts that fight. He throw throws that space hammer. That's the first act of violence that happens. Right. So like, he starts swung, it. <laughs> into the crate. Yeah. Right his head. Just the handle goes he throws straight it through the in heart style yeah, as just well. Like, just, yeah. Like on a wire. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Goes straight. No gravity. Um, but that's it's it was still so shocking. It's like you can't do that, Jonathan. No. <laughs> you can't just go into your and like beat the shit out of people even if they're corrupt as someone who is employed at an institution that is unionizing as we speak Mm. um i noticed that there is some anti-union sentiment 
that runs through that uh, storyline oh, yeah. because they basically insinuate that the union is corrupt and that's what's oh. behind it because they say, oh, this, he's corrupt. It's this coastal wide thing. And they're like, it's him and the union. And it's like, mm, that's not real. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess I just hope my workplace that that's not the union we're in. Like, yeah. <laughs> novelty, the just, novelty fish space hammer <laughs> union. If you Long smell, German. if you smell cigar smoke. <laughs> yep, I know that it's like a, a Mario Brothers cartoon world Scooby Doo doc. Yeah. Land. That is disappointing, though, that it's that anti-union bullshit that yeah. happened. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so... it's pretty subtle, but it's mm-hmm. like, oh, but then like. By that same token, this time I was like, oh, maybe I mentioned it last time, but Jonathan gives me real like Norma Ray vibes when he goes running down the gangplank. Yes. To stop <laughs> corruption. Mm-hmm. He's the hero of the people. Yeah. It's true. Also, um, great sweatshirt. Very good sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, there was, a, yeah, I got a, I got an eyeful of some kind of like basics in this episode that I thought were really nice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my uh, God. Jennifer's wearing this lit, the white linen shirt. Uh, that she falls off a cliff in and yeah. it's i i just was like obsessed with the size of the collar and the detail of where this where the shirt was uh sewn together mid body and i yeah mm-hmm. i love that shirt i, I don't like her, those pants though no the pants can go her but, blue shirt at the end with the little waves when she gets pushed in the pool oh, yes. i love so cute. that look so i i have to i want to say this up top um because this episode which I mentioned before, we referenced this episode during our first watch through <laughs> of Heart to Heart so many times. Mm. Because when Joe and I first watched this episode, we thought that Jennifer Hart was mischaracterized as yeah. kind of a, a uh, stupid, <laughs> like kind of hapless damsel in distress. Yeah. Um, I recant every negative thing I said about <laughs> this episode. Wow. I recant everything I said about the characterization of Jennifer Hart in wow. this episode. I'm doubling down. I Go right ahead, but <laughs> I, I'm out. Like, that's, I... Wow. I'm very curious. Maybe, it's, maybe it was the one-two punch with the pilot and just knowing what I, know, what I knew of Jennifer Hart having not seen that episode. Right. But now I'm now watching it and having, you know, basically knowing everything that I need to know, I found her uh, delightful. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I delightful. had a realization um, about where we were at in terms, because that's like the very beginning. Like very. We, had, we recorded like the intro, like we decided like we're going to. Like I'm on, I'm on a surfing trip and heart to heart's on. Let's do a podcast at last. <laughs> and then we do the intro episode and then we do the pilot and then we jump in. And I feel like I can remember at that moment feeling really anxious about it just because we had made this decision as if like the government was going to hold us to <laughs> completing right. this monumental achievement. I was going to say task, but now I see it as an achievement. It is. But I, I felt distinctly like pressured to feel protected Mm -hmm. and a little defensive Mm -hmm. um like i really wanted joe to click with it right away i love it so much Mm -hmm. but i also felt really defensive about the way that you guys were not clicking with that episode right Mm -hmm. and i i think too it's it also reflects that i don't listen to pop culture podcasts so sometimes like the 
like just just insult fest like wasn't really landing with me in an informed way either so yeah. <laughs> like i know i know it's funny and it's just there but it's just something that you know sometimes i just feel a little bit like no that's no like it's good it's good right. and now i realize like hun literally hundreds of episodes later that you know you can it can be great it can be bad it can be everything in between and i still love it just the same and i think that's that's totally my consistent identity throughout the thing but i yeah. i really was was flashing back to how on edge i was um about the experience the first impression it was a rocky kind of a rocky start for us when we first talked about this episode because we were like i was also like uh oh like is it gonna be like this the whole time <laughs> But it wasn't like we hated the episode, right? No, no. We, no, we, liked, no. no. we, we did. Well, I think it was. We were just disappointed with rated, the way. <laughs> and I honestly, I felt echoes of that. So my question is, and I don't think they really answered it, but maybe they kind of do, is Jennifer has this cousin staying with them. Her stove explodes. And then Jonathan's kind of gathering little details about him. So Jonathan's really suspicious immediately you know, freeways barking at him like he's a villain. And <laughs> it, do you think Jennifer, I know in later seasons, it they would have written this in that she was like suspicious of this guy, that this random stranger in her house. But do you think she is in this episode, but just not showing it? I don't no. think she is. Mm. I think she's, no. she's, uh, she, I think she's taken in by his, by his ruse, which is oh. apparently clever. The, the only, here's the thing that, I still don't understand. Did he really write that story that she's so in love with? Because right. then it's I like, know. wait, dude, are you a savant? Like, you're a savant hitman? Yeah. Well, so that's one of the details that's really, like, a really flimsy rung to the ladder of this episode, right? Mm -hmm. Which is that we find out at the end of the episode when her actual second cousin uh, <laughs> arrives <laughs> that he was he is a writer. He was intending to attend the writer's conference. Right. And so clearly menacing smock hitman central pet shop guy um, has a way to figure out all that shit, right? Mm -hmm. Because he placed his hitman at the thing. The one thing that interested me this time is like, they clearly did something to delay the actual Stephen Thomas from arriving at the conference. And he says at the end, like, oh, have I got a story to tell you guys? Uh -huh. yeah. So I don't know what they did, like threw some fake fish at him or like gave him some <laughs> yeah. puppies and he just got really distracted and missed his flight from Frisco or whatever. But like, there's a lot of weird shit happening. But I think it's like, if it's, I mean, and this is going to be racist. Um, if you have a cousin you haven't seen for a long time and you're just all white, do you not know that that's your cousin when you see him again? I, I'm confused Joe, about only that. you can you know? answer this for us. <laughs> I would I know. are 50% unqualified to yeah. that question. I would not. No, it's like if you've seen them once as a kid at a, at a giant family reunion, we went to like mm -hmm. one of those with my extended family. So I would definitely have second cousins out there that I don't know. and would never recognize so it makes sense a little congratulations bit. you've just opened yourself up to the most insidious <laughs> fraud yeah <laughs> next my next writer's retreat is going to be dangerous it is but tonight i don't i i don't know that it's strange the like setup for her 
having him into their house is a little strange. Maybe the <laughs> real cousin wrote that story and sent it first or something. Oh, it must be. But the real yeah. cousin must have written it. Well, okay, the, I'll I'll buy that. I I'll okay. totally buy that. But here's where it gets convoluted. Uh, is when Jonathan. <laughs> oh, I'd like to know when it gets complicated. <laughs> when Jonathan reads the story, uh-huh. he says, "This is, this is. He's either the most wildly imaginative writer, wildly imaginative and talented writer ever, mm-hmm. or he's mm. the killer that this story is being written about." So it's mm. suggesting right. that he wrote like a confessional <laughs> story yeah. about one of his jobs, right? And then it's like when when real Stephen shows up. That guy doesn't write about uh, Hitman. He doesn't? <laughs> I don't believe that that man writes about Hitman. <laughs> the aggressively blonde man. I really don't. <laughs> I think so, he may have written a first draft of The Sure Thing. But Jonathan was reading what he had written <laughs> while he was at their house, right? Yes. So he just took the story and turned it into this, like, the only thing he knew, which was being a Hitman. So he took the real cousin story and then warped it into this Hitman story. Again, that seems like a lot of weird clerical work for a hitman to do. <laughs> I, I, but yeah. he, I mean, but the hitman also have like that. The main guy runs a pet store, so right. clearly multitasking is part of yeah, the day to day. So, but I would have loved just just one line or one one thing where it's the guy, the pet store guy. That wrote the story. Like I, I just I don't know that why. Would be but a great twist. Uh. <laughs> and I wish that it would have been discovered. It's such a small <laughs> detail that just I my brain gets hung on. But like I, I wish that Jonathan or Jennifer would have been like, oh wait, this story was submitted by blah blah blah, uh, who is an, a Los Angeles resident. And he actually runs a pet store. Right. Let's go check it out. Yeah. Instead of twist. that. I think that would have been a little bit like I still don't. I I read back my notes. I still have my notes from when we watched this. Oh originally. my god! What? <laughs> and I was oh, I was I like, do. what wow. does having a gun at a pawn shop mean? And I'm still confused about that. You know, watching this episode again, I felt like I tracked it a lot more easily than when we first watched it because I understand the rhythm of heart to heart a lot more now, and I can keep up with what they're doing more. But having a gun at a pawn shop. And I know you've probably explained this to me last time. Do we understand um, what that means? He has a ticket for a gun at a pawn shop. And Jen- Jonathan goes there and talks to the lady. Well, let's, let's contextualize that. Uh-huh. If your white cousin, who is not your cousin, <laughs> but you've acknowledged that you can't tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, if they are, if you're all like, oh, no, you can stay on our couch, Eric. And Boba won't mind. And mm-hmm. then that person comes to the house and Eric's just like, hmm, that's weird. And Boba like, freaks out. Kind of having him. having yeah. a vibe, right? Uh-huh. And then you find like the weird pawn ticket and you go down there and you find out that that person, well, they're broke because they went to the pawn shop, but also they own a gun. Whether you're thinking that person's a hit person or not, aren't you then sort of thinking, you know what? It's probably time for you to get the fuck out of our house. Yeah, yes. definitely. Even if it is her cousin, you're going to be thinking there's something weird about this person. Why do you have a Bible full of cash, like a $100 bill on, a, on each separate page and then mm-hmm. a gun in a pawn shop? The gun, mm-hmm. I can I can get with the gun because he is an alleged former undercover police officer. <laughs> right, right. Um, who pawns his gun? Who, well, maybe he's yeah. like trying to get, a, he's he's becoming a writer. Maybe he wants maybe to Maybe he's leave. on the drugs. Yeah. 
Is the and gun Jonathan doesn't want that in there. Like house. him giving up his life of being a hitman? Is that no? Because he he showed up at the retreat with the pawn ticket, right? But why? Because he's broke. That's why he's a hitman. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I yeah. Guess. That I guess that makes sense. But it's like it's funny because I just wish <laughs> I wish there was some sort of like because he does have a change of heart. No, no. pun intended. When uh when Jennifer falls down a cliff. Right, um, yeah. Because she's so pretty, and it's not uh, creepy when your cousin tries to touch your fucking face. And by tells the way, you how pretty uh, you are. Her Donald reaction Trump. to God. him touching her face and saying you're so beautiful is sublime. Like it is the exact correct. <laughs> <She's> like, <"Why?" laughs> mm-hmm. like that's the reaction that an mm-hmm. an aunt or a cousin or whatever like, would like, have. Like Stephen, don't, and then yeah, like, fall uh, off a cliff. To step but off she, a cliff. She, yeah. Also, she <laughs> immediately on like, your life. So disgusted by it it's, <laughs> like, yeah. it's really as, really wonderful so he was in love with her for real like, he fell in love with her i think he just yes i think he, he just he thinks she's a nice lady and you don't want to kill humanity. nice ladies yeah he found her humanity when she was helping him and then uh, yeah it's it all of this kind of works but it's i just i just the... want I, it's the story <laughs> i'm hung up on the story like i if he actually wrote it then I would want him to like have a true change of heart <laughs> and say, soul. say to the too, to yeah. the uh, pet shop creep, I'm you know what I'm I'm not going to do this. I'm actually going to give writing a real go <laughs> yeah, because I'm apparently I'm good at it. <laughs> like, well, he's but he's not going to do anything. He's going to get shot yeah. to death in the pet store yeah. by a freezer gun. Which is actually great. A <laughs> freezer gun. Don't pawn it. Put it in the freezer. Yeah. But part... I just I just looked down at my notes, which are very scant and strange as always. And um, I have another quote from Jonathan that from early in the episode oh, that yeah. I have to say. I think Joe, you probably know where he and Max are like, oh, blah blah blah. I'm an undercover boss. So whatever. Let's make some food. Let's go in the house. And he's like, ah, Mr. H. I guess that's everything. And Jonathan's like, ah, uh, Max. One clown doesn't run the circus. Yeah. <laughs> There's more to it. Yeah. Foreshadowing. That is a beautiful shot of their gate. An and... amazing line. One clown doesn't run the circus. Yeah. That is great. <laughs> I mean, unless it's a really talented, really <laughs> skilled clown. What if it's you know, the head maybe, clown? Yeah. Is it like, you know, maybe that's more of a burn on clowns yeah. who I think take enough shit as it is. Yowch. They're just trying to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Except John Wayne Gacy, who was just trying to murder you and put you in his crawl space. Right. But that's boy. not about him being a clown. That's a specific He was clown. playing on the loving and friendly nature of clowns to murder young boys. <laughs> We can't, can't judge. We got, I'm can't, glad we got there. We can't judge. <laughs> can't what we're <laughs> we can't judge all clowns based on John Wayne Gacy, and we can't judge all second cousins once removed, white second cousins once removed by the I think blonde we can one do in this episode. One. Oh, okay. The, um, the part I'm hung up on is yeah. that she brings Stephen, her cousin, specifically to write, and then the first day he's there, he's like, "Oh, I have to leave for the entire day while your stove explodes." To go do something that I'm not going to tell you about. And she's like, well, are you going to write tomorrow? And he's like, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that seems <laughs> really fucking rude. And I would definitely be like, what the fuck? He like, had an excuse. He wanted to go see the date that he was. He Yeah. He first, yeah. he's introduced, when she invites him back to her place, he says, I can't. I have a dinner date tonight. And she says, cancel. Mm-hmm. So he presumably cancels. And then the next day when he says, I have to leave. 
Jennifer offers, is it because of that canceled date? And he just agrees with her. Right. So it's, again, it's like not suspicious to me. It's it's inconsiderate, but it's not suspicious. He has to to leave from after breakfast until dinner. He has to be out of the house for whatever reason. He also doesn't want to work on his story. So I. Because they're not his stories? That's because because they are. I'm assuming it's because they're, they're pet store guy's stories or something like no i think it's a real cousin's story that's what that's my theory i'll I'll go with that i'll go with that how how though would you feel if you were someone's actual cousin and white they yeah and you were at like (laughs) claire we need clarification on this (laughs) if you were at the writer's conference and your cousin is there and then they put on kind of like a really intense full court press to not only make you stay at their house with some sort of weird assignment attached to it but then like you can't be like uh stop fucking telling me what to do thanks i'm homeless Mm -hmm. um like but if it's a relative don't you feel sort of trapped i feel like and then on the flip side of that if i was jennifer and day one somebody's like no i don't feel like doing that peace i'd be like "Uh uh-oh now we're gonna have a squatter and max is gonna have to bounce that my cousin out this is gonna be really awkward yeah Mm -hmm. i would lots of weird dynamics it's really strange that the offer seems sweet from jennifer but that assignment as part of it is very strange she's like she's a task mistress yeah like i'm not gonna help you out unless you write and you have two days also she gave him two days to finish a novel (laughs) that's right you're my cousin but you can only stay here for 48 hours yeah and this is an ordinance in the city of los angeles i feel like the kernel of this episode was the hitman falling in love with jennifer like wanting to kill jennifer it's supposed to be a display of how cool jennifer is that a hitman that's hired to kill her would fall in love with her totally but that wasn't really illustrated super well during the course of the episode but it was also like, it's gross to have somebody that's pretending to be somebody's cousin yeah want to touch their face yeah right but there weren't any Really, it's like he's going to kill her. You know, he sort of has reservations, but you don't really know why. And then they're on that cliff and he's like, I'm in love with you. I love you. And like, it's just all of a sudden it doesn't. I get that the kernel of that is a cool idea, but that wasn't I don't feel like was really displayed. So and it is just so we're clear. All he said to her was, you're so pretty. And you're so pretty. To touch her face. To right. <laughs> but it's like she wooed him away from. Wait, her. are you telling me that everyone that's ever told me I was pretty is telling me they love me? <laughs> or they're a hitman hired to kill you. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> but well, not very good ones because I'm still here. <laughs> How many times have your, has your oven exploded? It's like, don't fucking touch my face. Dear everyone, don't try and touch my face. And don't, don't touch, touch my, my oven. Face. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. touch my face. With your sponge. I'm pretty sure that we don't, went don't on a diatribe goose. about not touching people's faces last, the last time we talked about this. Oh episode yeah. Too. <laughs> well, it's in it's for me that's an inherent part of my identity. <laughs> I don't want you to touch yeah. my face. And that the carrying case for his explosion juice. I think we talked about it. It's like a cut open giant sponge. It's like a sponge purse. <laughs> it's like a wedge of sponge. But is that what you have to carry it in? So it doesn't blow up in like your little ditty bag. I assume whatever. it's like nitro. Your little, your little hitman ditty bag. Nitroglycerin. Your hitty bag. So it, if it gets knocked around, like we learned in Sorcerer, it gets yeah. it explodes. Yeah. So maybe yeah. I don't. I mean, explosion <laughs> juice is fickle, so you have to be careful. I think if they had a little bit more budget, they might have done like a pelican case with a little like the perfectly fit thing, but instead they just exacto knife. I don't know. I really. Open. <laughs> so I funny. feel like. 
we have given explosion juice its exact right amount of props <laughs> because explosion juice the way it's presented to us in the episode is a tight shot yes. of the vial of explosion juice and it rises up like we're watching kubrick's 2001 uh-huh. <laughs> like it's like the only thing missing is the music and then it's like like it's it appears it lingers for a while and then we pan back and see that it's in this weird wedge of cheese a mm. uh, crazy giant natural sponge <laughs> thing yeah, on the counter right but you know explosives explosives are not stable I uh, learned something about like the mm-hmm. dangers of old dynamite the other day. And so yeah. I'm just like, good. I like that extra detail that it's like, yeah, you know what? If that's bouncing around in your whatever, your, your broke ass uh, writer hitman creep person bag. Yeah. My only thing about everything you just said is that I was really hoping you were going to say we've given explosion juice its exposure. Oh, God. <laughs> didn't say oh, it. I would never say that, though. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate the thought. I was really praying for that. I mean, well, once again, like you don't know me at all, but yeah, thank you, Joe. Disappointed. <laughs> um, once again. <laughs> once again, disappointed. Cool. Well, the caustic, explosion juice's fault. You now, could say the caustic winds of chance ripped through my brain. <laughs> You could. Unfinished. I'm finished. I'm finished. <laughs> that guy is the hero of the episode. He the really, guy that we're supposed to laugh yeah, at, but yeah. he's actually reading what I can't tell if it's an epic poem or if it's just a writing sample because it reads a little bit like prose. It's yeah. like, I don't know. It's a little too focused I, to yeah. just be poetry for poetry's sake (laughs) i googled that line to see if it was real and it is not Um, it is real it happened in this episode (laughs) another line i think i understand if i'm understanding it right i don't know but um jonathan's like we have to get some an iu on this whatever and jennifer's like iu sounds vaguely internal which she is she talking about an iud Uh, i mean i think she is alluding to it yeah um but that's when Jonathan's like, I've figured some shit out. Because uh-huh. Your fake cousin talks bullshit nonsense. Right. And yeah. I, Jonathan Hart, who not only was an undercover boss 20 minutes ago, <laughs> I also have described myself as an armchair detective. Yes. Yeah. The truth is, I know everything. Mm-hmm. And your cousin is bullshit. Much like Freeway, who barks his brains out the second that guy comes in their house, and they say, up till now, he's been a notoriously good judge of character. And it's like, right. well... That's so funny. <laughs> Can we talk about how, when they're supposedly going to have um, coffee after dinner, after the beef bourguignon or whatever they're having, that when Jonathan offers him coffee, Craig Wasson, sorry, fake cousin, says, no, I don't use it. <laughs> yeah for writing that's okay that is such a like 80s health asshole kind of <laughs> phrasing mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's a drug i don't use drugs yeah i don't use it kill go, your television go fuck yourself yeah, Craig yeah like, shut up shut up get out of here <laughs> go be in ghost story which we never ever got to in chain reaction yeah. <laughs> i know i brought this up last time but it struck me again just the same way, which is you. How do you know it's TV? It's because no mom in the entire universe, when their kid says, 
can we get a puppy? And you say, yeah. And then they say, can we get two? And you say, okay, without any hesitation. <laughs> yeah. That's not real. No. No mom in the history of moms, except a dog, is going to say, yeah, let's get two puppies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a dog mom's going to say that. Dog, well, my, my, not all of them. I'm pretty sure Bubba would be like, please take this puppy away. Please do not. Yeah. Two puppies. And they're like, we'll be back. No puppies. Which means please. probably that the mom. I'm just threw their kid in the dumpster and drove off to start a new life. Yeah. Like, cut cut to her pulling her wig off and, like, lighting up a cigarette. He's, yet again, another another great addition to the to the mythology of art art. Just, like, at the end of the episode when real Steven walks into the door. The best thing would be if Julie Newmar played that mom. If Julie Newmar was the mom, that would yeah. be amazing. But Eric has the best rewrite yeah, I love for this my, episode. My rewrite is is. Rewrite corner. Hi, hi. I'm in Joe's rewrite corner. Yeah, uh, but Welcome. it's not a rewrite as much as uh, an addendum or something. Like it's an additional detail. Okay, is okay. the hearts. I will listen. Then I will listen. <laughs> the hearts, whilst uh, laying atop each other uh, and in discussing their bed, in their home, discussing the week's uh, crimes, uh, say that you know <laughs> like she says you. I will never. You know she says I'll never bring another stray. No more. No more distant yeah, right. relatives. No <laughs> more right. blah. And then in walks Stephen. If they just turned and shot him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'm your cousin, and, and then they the both pull out and it's the I freeze mean, frame is like the cousin riddled with bullet point, holes, and, and Max being like, like "Oops, pump, Max, I'll get him up." Breaks yeah. on Max like walking into their bedroom. Yeah, maybe, yeah, all the time. That feels like it disappears at a certain point. That I maybe, yeah. maybe season three it stops happening, mm. but it's what? just something where it's like, who in the fuck? Maybe I just have a weird thing where because of when the show was originally on, the thought of, to me, of walking into my parents' bedroom at all, oh, really, yeah. going in there at all, mm -hmm. no fucking way, yeah, no. Yeah. no way, yeah. no how. And not because my parents were like, don't fucking cross this line or whatever, but just because it's like, no, <laughs> no, like. No. That, so the idea that everyone's just pig piling into the heart's bedroom all the time yeah. is yuck to me. It's and weird. just like made me panic as a child. And the new cousin like ran in and announced himself while they're on top of each other in bed. That's so weird. I mean, it's a waka waka he, moment. It's, yeah, it's, which it's I meant hate. as a laugh, last laugh, which is why I think yeah. them yeah. shooting him would have I didn't like that. And I beautiful. know it's his job, but I Our also His head just exploded like scammers. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love when Max was like a waiter earlier in the episode either i feel like that that behavior sort of fades out a little bit with max where it's like butler they, I mean, they comes just, and goes yeah yeah, yeah, yeah they don't sort of does it sometimes but they don't really rely every the one thing i do like and that i think i'm remembering correctly is that every time max is in a servant position uh mm -hmm. in an episode where he's like delivering or removing plates mm -hmm. uh he makes a joke every single time. Like it's ne it's never just like mm -hmm. you know the silent good servant. It's, right. This isn't Max Park. Yeah, he's like, eh, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, I love him. I love Max. It was so good to hang out with him again. Also, his mm -hmm. robe yet again. His robe when he's dot dot dying to the kitchen for a midnight snack <laughs> is so <laughs> great. He is so stylish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the robe's good. When there's a hitman's yeah. head popping out from behind the counter, like, yeah. he's like half hidden behind the counter. Right. So funny. His his curly hair is yeah. just obscured by like a salt and pepper shaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> question. 
do you, the two of you, and you don't have to answer, but really at this point, come on. Uh, do the two of you ha- wear robes around the house? Do you have robes? And if so, do people actually do this thing that seemed like people stopped doing it in, I guess, in the early 80s, because that's when Max is doing it. But there's so much men in robes with all their other clothes still on. It's like you take the suit jacket off and then you put on your robe. And I don't mean a smoking jacket, a totally different thing. Yeah. I mean like like a robe, whether it's a fancy robe or whatever robe. That's always like, strange. Is that a thing? Why are you putting the robe on? Eric like, does caftans more. I, yeah, I've, I enjoy That's my true. caftan. But, but we, I, we both have we robes. Don't have robes. Really not. I wear my uh-huh. robe when I let Boba out in the morning. I don't love And that's about it. Uh, and if it's cold, yeah. I'll wear it. But though, you're, you're right. I never understood the like full set of pajamas even. I mean, under mm-hmm. a robe. I don't. Uh, I guess if it's cold and you're going to be outside or something, maybe. But I think it's coziness. maybe just about a different attitude towards clothing in general the longevity of clothing the way we think of clothing and the variety of clothing that you would wear at home Mm -hmm. right so people would have house coats or wear their robes this way but it's because you're like suiting up to go to work like you're dressing up to do or like you're you're making yourself neat and smart for virtually every time you leave the house Mm -hmm. no matter what you like your your uh demographic and socioeconomic status like you are not going out of the house looking like shit the way we all do now right yeah in gray sweatpants and gym clothes so maybe that's how it makes sense right because you're just putting on your robe whatever i think it's a hollywood convention that that was probably and actually probably not adopted by real people but i i think it is just a hollywood constructed thing to convey that a man is at at home and at rest <laughs> um, is that he's wearing a, a full question. set of pajamas and a silk robe over it which no one does no one's it's ever not done even that. that i mean like max has will have the robe on sometimes and like he's got still gone in on his pants his trousers and his shoes and i think that's something that we see in heart to heart like from Jonathan and Max, but Max in particular. Yeah. But so that makes me wonder, it's like, is it just something that we're not old enough to have ever experienced in real life? Because things got real casual by the time we showed up. Still Like, I need somebody who's older to tell me if that was really something that happened. Like, (laughs) did your dad, your grandfather, or perhaps you just come home, hang up the suit jacket, take off the tie, and then to relax, you put on some kind of robe, and then you're, like, having, like, your drink, like, Darren on Bewitched, or, like, what's going on? I'm so glad like, we're still talking about can robes. Can somebody please help help with that insight? I think it was Big please. Robe in Big the robe. 80s. <laughs> the robe industry, and... It was the heart industry's robe division. There, there were too many unions. They couldn't make any money, so they had Joe, to... Joe, please don't turn this into yet another days-long conversation about how you hate the way capitalism has deformed the robe industry. <laughs> the robe industry. <laughs> It's never been the same since the 80s. The ship has sailed. And I'm sorry if the way robes interact with late capitalism are still a problem. <laughs> yeah. You know. yeah. Go out and do it. It's like, robonomics. Vote. Robonomics. <laughs> I, what, I'm too lazy for a robe because for me, putting too a robe lazy. on. You're too lazy for the laziest article. Well, the thing is, you, what you do, why would I put a robe on to go eat my breakfast to then go back into the bedroom to put my real clothes on to then come out and do like have my day robes are comfortable i yeah i my no, I, I get it my robe in particular is comfy and i i put it on 
I only I'm I'm a nudist in my house. I I don't give a fuck. Uh, but I haven't noticed if that. it's cold, robe. I like a robe. And and yeah, if I let Boba out, I'm not gonna go out into the courtyard naked. Mm-hmm. Not yet. I haven't reached <laughs> yeah. that point. Yeah. Well, I as somebody that didn't own like sweatpantsy thing, lots of sweatshirts, no sweatpants mm-hmm. before pandemic lockdown. Really, like that just wasn't a vibe. But then I also think like it was maybe like 10 years ago when my mom bought jeans mm-hmm. <laughs> the first time since the 40s. Wow. Oh, she was always um, in sweatpants. And she was, she was like, I think one time I was taking her to the airport and she's like, you know what? Is it okay if I just wear jeans on the airplane? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah I Elizabeth. think you're allowed to. You can just wear jeans on the airplane. I'm sure yeah. the person um, in pajamas sitting next to you won't mind at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure the person whose ass says pink is not going to care. The one right? time. But I know that's weird. So. There is like this. I don't love. Well, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to come across as like a major asshole, but the amount of no. gym clothes you see in oh. the US, you know, coming back from like a trip athleisure? to Paris. Athleisure. Yeah, the athleisure. That's basically what everyone's wearing now. And I don't know if they're on their way to the gym or from the gym or whatever. A lot of them look like maybe not. No offense, everybody. Yeah, maybe not. I I don't love that as a look. I don't either. I find it tasteless. But it's it's funny because it, speaking to that, like if they're they must be on their way to the gym or whatever. Right. You've never seen a sweaty person in uh, athleisure. No. Yeah, you have totally. never seen a sweaty person true. on the street in athleisure, which means they are not going to the gym. They're not coming from the gym unless they're going to a Don't gym. Don't they just that want you to them. look at their butt? Yeah, of course. Um, I guess it's, they want their arms. It's you want it's yeah. to show off your ass or your dick, mm-hmm. and it's which oh, is fine. I that. mean, go, yeah. ahead and, yeah. go ahead and do what you want to do, but. It's tacky. Right. The whole but there's like sweat. For me, gray, sweat don't bring a pillow too. on the airplane. I can't abide that. <laughs> what about neck? If pillows? it's that kind of flight, they'll give you a pillow. Okay. <laughs> no, like when you know, like the kids oh, the are there with on. their full sized fucking pillow, and it's oh, like, yeah. isn't it bad enough that you're really not even wearing outside clothes? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like uh, even for an overnight flight, I'm like, you know what? I'm uncomfortable. I know, but we live in glass houses because, like, my whole wardrobe is just a button-up and pants. Like, it's not—I'm not putting any effort into it, really. So I dress—I don't dress as well as some of the homeless people in our neighborhood. So, yeah, that, like, I'm—I'm like, I'm just talking shit. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but I gonna, still judge. <laughs> I see no reason for me to apologize in, <laughs> in that manner during the podcast. In that manner, yeah. I wish—I nope, wish the—I wish to. listener could see Ellen flipping her hair as she said that. <laughs> My yeah. favorite, my favorite really internet, moment. perfect moment, <laughs> new internet video trend is when people Authentic are like moment. criticizing other people's wardrobes and then it'll just be like a bunch of stills of what that person has worn over the years. And I love it. Oh, so God. shitty. Yeah, that's uh, I, so, I never want to open myself up to that. I know. <laughs> can I can I just say one thing that's kind of related to a leisure that really cracks me up is that this obsession with like, for lack of a better way to describe this palette of nude athleisure like oh. nude color white people's skin colored uh stretchy garments mm-hmm. close-fitting garments yeah is that in the last month or so on the street in a city 
I have had moments where I was like, like where people look like they're walking down the street naked Mm -hmm. or like they're wearing weirdly. My actual thought is not is, oh, my God, I thought that person was naked. My thought is, oh, my God, that person is um, going to be in a theater production where they're supposed to look (laughs) naked. (laughs) (laughs) That person's in hair. Yeah. But in a community (laughs) playhouse person Uh of hair. in In their defense, those people have like. When if the ones that I've like walked, you know, right past or whatever, like shoulder to shoulder, like going in opposite directions, mm-hmm. is that they have just like a comfort with that outfit choice that is impressive and that I would not ever mm-hmm. want someone to not have. But it's like, right. man, that's a whole sect that I don't understand. Yeah. yeah I like get I don't that get that one. But also it's like I've just gotten over my weird thing where I'm like, God, why do I have to be able to see the outline of so many generational vaginas when I'm just trying to get on a plane? <laughs> generational vagina. It's too much. Generational vagina. I don't, and again, like, I don't think I'm a prude. Sometimes I play one on the pod. But <laughs> I just am like, oh, man, like, yuck. Yeah. Like hard pass. But I guess if you're someone who doesn't have one of those or maybe is curious about what other people's genitals, the outline of other people's genitals or the volume of their genitals is, (laughs) then that extra casual, extra close fitting situation in the airport might be rad. Right. Speaking of genital outlines. Is it time for Pick Your Poke? Oh, my God. Heart Girl Poke. Oh, I'm first. Oh, God. Heart I didn't even Genital. choose. Generational vagina. Generational Poke. <laughs> I'm still... I'm stuck on that. <laughs> this poke is so soft, but I guess it's the cousin at the end. The, the real cousin, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but is he the real cousin? Yeah, we don't I, know. We would only know if they or shot is him. He just the second hitman. <laughs> That'd be Ellen. You got one. That'd be a recurring oh, villain. And I wonder what I that. said the first time. Did I write um, it down? I we know. didn't make any. I wrote mine down, but I didn't. August thirty first, two thousand twenty. <laughs> Whoa! That's when we did this one originally. Wild. Oh, mine was the real, yeah, the real Stephen Thomas. <laughs> that was mine from the first time we right. watched it, too, Consist- I guess. Your lust is consistent, <laughs> Joe. Uh, whoopsie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't think I would ever say Craig Wasson. Not no. that I hate him, but he's just physically not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I no, don't know. No shade, Wasson. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're brilliant. Um, nobody. Space Hammer. Space Hammer. <laughs> Uh, Space Hammer. Hammer. My original was also the real Stephen Thomas. Uh, oh, but now um, <gasps> it's the uh, it's the supervisor at the dock. Oh yeah, oh. who says you swing that hammer like my grandmother sucks an egg? Sucks <laughs> eggs. God. Uh, yeah. And I also noticed uh, this time, and I don't know if I I don't remember if I noticed it last time, but I didn't make a note of it. That uh, the is it the chauffeur boogieing when he goes to open the door. No, but oh. I do. I do still love that. Uh, the one of the longshoremen is played by uh, 
one of my one of my other favorite kind of character crush, actors. crushy character actor Walter Olskowitz, Olkowitz, mm. yes, um, who played. I know him as Jacques Renault from Twin Peaks. Oh, right, um, right. But he's been in he's this. Wearing the plaid shirt. Yes, and he's a yeah. baby. He is a baby he's in so this, and he's so there. cute. Mm-hmm. Ugh. I love immediately him. recognizable and he's standing in the in the peanut gallery of longshoreman yeah he Aww. was it was mm-hmm. so it was so sweet yeah i love him i love him uh rest in peace yeah so one of the reasons we picked this episode is because of papuga powers, papuga powers right. who has it's a, time to talk <laughs> an amazing talk of the dramatic scene deserved billing. oh my god <laughs> when the when he shoots fake cousin hitman yeah and then Puga Papuga screams. Point, which, yeah. yeah. Screams. Yeah. In the best way. Like that, it's so that good. Scene, and then like there's the broken fish tanks and the all that. Mm-hmm. I love the use of the filming through the fish tanks because when it's the hitman and fake cousin, they're talking to each other, like facing each other through, through the fish, fish tank. tank and yeah. it's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than it needs to be. But mm-hmm. I love it because it also reminds me of like the conversation and things like that. Yeah. The whole hitman front, the whole every man like who has a very sinister agenda. Yeah. There are some cinematography choices in this episode that kind of fade away, fade but like I guess just style, mm. stylistically yeah. for the period. But there are a lot of tight close-ups. The close-ups on mm-hmm. at the dinner, explosion the first juice. Night. Yeah, but the, on well, faces on face. is what I mean. Like yeah. the, the the conversation in the pet store, the fish tanks, the the dinner post dinner. Yeah. Jennifer disappears because she has been she's gonna go cook uh, a challenged juice. to cook something. Um, but she has challenged herself. She has challenged herself. Uh, but they do this very tight close up on Wasson, and then another identical tight close up on Jonathan. That the way it's lit and the the way that those shots linger is romantic, and it oh. was weird. It was very it's awkward. intimate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But can we talk about Craig Wasson's red shirt, which I realize is something no character would ever be wearing. <laughs> On TV, unless it was a period piece these days, like he mm. wears a bright red shirt. I didn't and Jonathan notice. wears bright, bright button down mm. shirts. But at some point, like day two or whatever day it is in the life of fake cousin Hitman, mm. he is wearing a bright red button down shirt. I think with a sweater vest. I don't remember this. I don't remember. But it's it crazy. It just yeah. really jumped out at me this time. The only clothes that jumped out at me were that white linen shirt that I love. Mm. And, it's just solid. Um, and the little blue one. Yeah, and, and Max's robe. Yeah, one of Max's yeah. apron, apron gallantry. Oh, gallantry in action. action yet again. I love that. I love and that so robe. it begins. Yeah. Apron apron times. You guys, I am so excited to watch more Heart to Heart. Me too. All right. Should we, well, uh, let's do it. Should we get to what our next thing is going to be? Yes. Oh, I'm so ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've loaded up Memnock the Wheel with a list of our favorite <laughs> heart girls. Mm-hmm. Most of them will be your favorites too. And we are going to spin and find out which lady we talk about next week. Should we say oh the God. list? Do we need to say the let's list of contestants? Let's, it, let's make it a surprise for I know everybody. lists are fun to, to listen don't to, Don't you though. love hearing people just read lists? Yeah, people love hearing lists. I don't, so not to be okay. contrary, there we go. but so we've to got, be honest. <laughs> we've got nine heart girls on the wheel, and I'm spinning now. Do, 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 do. I, w- I should make a sound effect. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's MB. MB. <gasps> MB hearts on the from run. Hearts on the Run, season five. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. The Lis- nun assassin. Listener, if you are unfamiliar with who we're talking about, 
you are going to be so happy when you watch season five, episode 12, Hearts on the Run. Otherwise known as Nun Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I'm and excited. we're off. That's awesome. So, uh, listener, you know this. Uh, in North America, this episode is available on Amazon Prime. And uh, everywhere in the world, it's available on the internet if you Google the title. <laughs> um, so <laughs> just do that. And if you have a local video store, please patronize them. Please give them your money. Um, please support physical media. Uh, if you don't have a local video store, my name recommends Scarecrow.com. Mm-hmm. They'll deliver shit to you mm-hmm. perhaps um, you have a very nostalgic public library th- that's entirely <laughs> true as well yeah i mean probably not but so many options so mm-hmm. many options uh listener thank you again so much for hanging out with us for heart girl summer i hope you are uh reapplying sunscreen when necessary uh and filling your pina koalas pina koalas um write to us at it was murderpod at gmail.com follow us on instagram at it was murderpod Follow us on Twitter at It Was Murder Pod. Rate and review us. Five stars, please. Send us your um, Minimaxes. Send us your Minimaxes if you want to be For a part of this. We love that. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, good night, Freeway. So excited for summer. Good night, Freeway. Good night, Freeway. Good night, freeway.